This is In Touch, City Talk's Rugby League Lowdown with Lauren Moss and Steve Manning. City Talk 105.9. Oh, good evening and welcome to In Touch on City Talk 105.9, the Rugby League Hour. I'm Lauren Moss, Steve Manning's here too, and we're joined in the studio by special guests Wigan's Matty Smith and League 13's Chief Executive Ernie Bembao tonight. And between now and seven, we'll be taking a look back on the Super League Grand Final between the Warriors and Warrington. We'll also speak to new witness signing Danny Tickle, who's settling into life back again on the other side of the M at 62. Saints' John Wilkin also lets us know his views on this week's developments, or not, you could say, for the Super League restructuring and loads to get through tonight before seven. As always, you can get in touch with us too on Twitter with your views about anything we're talking about or you can put your questions to Matty or Ernie as well. You can find us at CityTalk1059 or use the hashtag InTouchTalk. So... Good evening to my studio guest. Steve Manning's just popped out for a moment, having a small coughing fit. I'll be back in in just a moment. But uh, good evening, Matty, and good evening, Ernie. How are you both this evening? Yeah, very well, thanks. Uh, very well from me. Good evening to you. So, uh, Matty, have you come down yet from uh, from Saturday? Uh, yeah, just about. Um, I've had a couple of days to reflect on it now, and um, we had a great great couple of days celebration uh, with the boys. But yeah, to um, to you know have a couple of couple of days thinking about what what we've achieved this year. It's been uh, it's been really good and. Uh, to the doubles, you know, fantastic year for us. And we've got your missus in here tonight, sat very quietly in the corner of the studio, Jen. So we're going to ask her a little bit later what it's like living with you, being with you when you've got a match coming up after the match and how she how she copes with it. I'm sure she can give us a, a more truthful insight than what you, what you might want us to know. So we'll talk to her a little bit later. Um, going back to Saturday, first of all, um, you go in and, and you're, you're down, 16-2 down at half time. What, what was said? Uh, it was pretty calm, to be honest. Um, you know, Sean obviously told us a few home truths, and you know what we what we didn't do in the first half, and you know our defence was wasn't up to scratch. And uh, but we, I thought we could have scored a few points in the first half, which you know the last pass just um, you know wasn't quite good enough. So um, you know we knew we were still in the game. Um, you know I think the try just before half time obviously you know helped us get get back in the game. And um, yeah, so we, we was pretty calm at half time, and we knew we just had to go out and hopefully complete our sets and, and play a little bit better with. You know our, our skill, and um, you know, and defend a lot better than we did. You know, in that first half. So, yeah, we did that, and you know, we had a fantastic second half. But it was real touch and go, just two minutes in, when Blake Green got that that shiner of that hit from Benny Westwood. Yeah. What were the thoughts of, of yourself and the other players on the pitch as well? And what did what did Blake say at half time about that? Yeah, it was um, it was a you know a bit of a cheap shot, wasn't it, by Ben Westwood? Uh, we didn't really know what happened at the time, but. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, my reaction was I don't want to lose my half-back partner, especially a minute in. Um, but yeah, he, he's been a massive player for us to, uh, this year, Blake, and, and he's he's played fantastically well in the big games as well. So when you see one of your teammates go down in the first two minutes, is, isn't isn't good. But you know, up, uh, thankful for us that he got up and and he went on to to be the man of the match. So um, you know, that takes some doing in itself. And uh, yeah, it was just great to get the win. I think all the boys was, was made up. So taking us back to that moment um, with the, with the hooter goes, you're at Old Trafford and you're thinking. Not only have you won the Challenge Cup final at the end of August, you've then won the Super League Grand Final as well. I mean, what sort of emotions go through you? I can't, I can't imagine if you could even yeah. really explain it. But I mean, what, what do you think? It was more think? of a relief, really, <laughs> when the when the final whistle went. Um, you know, I think we've been wrote off a lot this year, uh, especially early on in the year, where you know a lot of a lot of great players left the club, and, and me and Blake come in and, and Scott Taylor. But you know, we, we were we were 
pretty much criticised that we weren't going to win anything. Um, you know, so win the Challenge Cup was was great, but then to go on and, and obviously do the double and and have, have a great year like we have done, um, I don't think anyone anyone would have said that. You know, beginning of the year. So yeah, it's fantastic, and you know, it, it all goes down to the coaching staff and the boys, and you know, the team spirit at Wigan is is um, you know I've never experienced anything like it before. So. Um, yeah, we've got a pretty special group at the minute and I'm sure we can go on and, and be even successful in, in the future. Well, we'll talk about your partnership with Blake in a minute, but let's hear from a boss, Sean Wayne. Now he says he's just so pleased that you boys have proven all your critics wrong, like you just mentioned this year. Very, very pleasing and it's very pleasing to prove everybody wrong who doubted us all year from start to finish, from pre-season to the last game. They doubted us this week, they doubted us in pre-season and it's satisfying to prove everybody wrong. And you created a straight one from four spot, you beat first, you beat third, and you've topped it with second and coming from behind. Yeah, and I, I hope people now give us a bit of respect and some of the things we've been celebrated this year have been way out of order, but you know, it's very satisfying for us as a club to turn up and play the way we did and get a win like that. It's uh, the manner way we did it, we weren't great in the first half, but we certainly fixed it in the second half. It was crucial that took Daryl Gould in tries before that. You got a bit of momentum, but you needed that try perhaps. Yeah, yeah, but I, th- I think we bombed three tries down his edge yeah. beforehand. With the kicks. Yeah, yeah, kicks a, a simple catch and pass with Daz we scored. You know, so and I, I knew we could get them. So I weren't, I weren't stressed. I was just disappointed with it. You know, a, a few things and the players have been absolutely bang on. They've listened to everything we said and they've delivered and, 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 and trusted us. So that's been the most uh, satisfying thing all year. And uh, those back-to-back tries just for our, after half-time, Mickey Mark, uh, uh, I can't Paddy, remember it, Paddy, it, Paddy, yeah. Paddy uh, you know, that, that gave you that momentum, gave you that two points, and then you kept all of that, but then that, that momentum and that, you're grinding them down. Yeah, and, and that, that's what we've done, you know, I've questioned the players, I've ridden them hard, but when, when, when it's Matthew Morse, we've turned up and played, and, uh, and it doesn't come any bigger than that game today, being 62 down against a very, very good Warrington team, to turn up the performance like that in a game as important, I thought, I, I have to commend the players, you know, they, they've, they've been absolutely fantastic for me. And I'm just looking at Blake Green behind you, and I hope I can speak to you in a minute, and he you've got to put your body on the line in the final, and he certainly did that, especially a couple of minutes, and to turn out that performance was outstanding. Yeah, he did, he did. He, I think he's cracked his cheekbone, and, you know, to play, play like that, the way he did and get them on the match, it shows that they've got some toughness in this team. You know, even though, you know, we weren't great for 80 minutes, we, we did enough to win the game, and, and, and that was... Big games like that is, is, is a win at all costs. Well, finally, uh, Sean O'Loughlin, I mean, obviously, touch and go. You said if he's, if he's playing, he'll be fit. And uh, he yeah. certainly did the business for you. Just shows that he's tough as tea. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's a great professional. And, and uh, when you consider he's not run for four or five weeks and come up with a, with a performance like that, it's, it's great effort. You know, he looked like he'd never been he'd been running all the way. He didn't look any different, and it just shows you how professional he is. And I saw balls now. It's a bit of a rest. You prepare because there's only one way he's up, really. You know, you top top at uh, Super League, you top at the 19s, and you've got a World Club coming up. Yeah. And we didn't get club at you. <laughs> so, yeah, it's great. Then our team's what they did. You know, it's outstanding. And, and to win two trophies, finish fourth. You know, and, and, and understand this that we, twice this year we've had two horrendous injury crises. It were four or five weeks we've lost eight, nine, ten first team players and been really under the pump. So you know, and still people write us off that we can't win games and looking for faults. And it, it's just satisfying that we can prove people wrong. Wigan coach Sean Wayne there talking about people writing them off, writing at Wigan off earlier on in the season. Something um, that Matty mentioned before. We got two Wigan fans in here with uh, Steve Manning, who's returned now, and Ernie Benbow as well. What was it like for the pair of you sat in the stands on Saturday at that half-time score? 
Well, from my point of view, um, obviously I was, I was in the media a part of it, and when it was 16-2, you start thinking, well, they'd had a great opening 20 minutes, but they knocked through the ball. And you sense that they needed to get something before half-time because there'd been some play and some good approach work. And I know it sounds awful, that injury to Joel Monon perhaps came at the right time because Wigan had got the scrum. They knew they'd got a couple of minutes left and really they were going to throw it at... Uh, and, and, and it paid off for them and then you just don't know. And uh, But the game itself as a whole, it was a fantastic match and uh, up to that last uh, five minutes, the result was still in doubt but Wigan had got that eight-point cushion and uh, being a Wigan fan and having chipped them last week, probably the only <laughs> only one in, in the stations round here, I got it right, uh, uh, Lauren, you didn't. Yes, that's true. Uh, Martin Gleeson was on my side too, to be fair. I just want to throw that in. I wasn't on my own. <laughs> Ernie, what were you going to say? Well, I mean, I, I was um, sat with all the Wiganers at the Wigan end, and um, um, it, it, it looked like to be, it looked as though it's going to be one of those days where we saw Warrington uh, go in for three quick tries during the middle of the first half, and we seem to have bombed two or three chances out wide outright uh, with through through Daryl and uh, Josh, and it was very quiet at the Wigan end at half time, and um, I think fortunately. The fact that we scored just before half-time benefited us. And then we seemed to be totally dominant second half. I know they had a a couple of injuries, but I think Wigan was so dominant that 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 saw us home at the end of the day. Matt, you said the celebrations, two days' worth of celebrations. Can you tell us what what was involved in that, what went on? Um, Yeah, we had a a surprise. We we rented... um, like a bowling green out actually, a bowling club out um, on the Sunday, which was fancy dress just for the players. So we, we went there and we ha- we actually had um, our end of season dinner on the Sunday night. So it was a bit when we was all sat with our sponsors. So it was a bit we were a bit worse for worse sitting with our sponsors and uh, yeah, it was all good though. We, we had a couple of good days and um, yeah, I'm still paying for it now. <laughs> <laughs> it emerged today that Gareth Carvel uh, broke a rib during the game and only found out during X-rays this week and he said it was a a little bit uncomfortable last year. We had Paul Wood with what happened with him. Can you imagine like, playing on with that kind of injury? Have you ever been in a situation like that? No, no, it's it's unbelievable. Uh, showed a lot of, of guts to carry on there, um, you know. But you know, I suppose in, in finals like that, when 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 you get little injuries, like I say, little injuries, but you know, injuries that you can play on with, um, you tend to find that you want to because it's it's the last game of the year and, and you want to win. You want to give everything to win. So um, you know, we we had a few a few injuries in, in our own team with, with Sean O'Loughlin, who's just come back from Achilles problem, and and I'm sure he he wasn't 100 percent fit, and, and you know he he stuck his hand up to play. So um, yeah, I've got a lot of admiration for for players that that play with injuries and. Um, yeah, it's obviously it's obviously great to 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 win it, and with them blokes that are leaving as well, it's it's great that to, we we could send them off with um, with a winner's ring as well. We mentioned before, um, Blake Green took a very nasty blow in the photos afterwards at the front page of the League Express as well. He could barely see, or he only had one eye open. It was swollen so much. I don't know how his depth in vision would have been playing there, but he told Steve afterwards he had to just grin and bear it. It just got worse, didn't it, as the game went on? So. Um... It's just important for me to, to tough that period out there because we were, uh, you know, we, we needed, uh, as a team, we needed to hang tough and, and hang through that period there when we were under the pump. And then, um, you know, we spoke about half time again about, you know, just hanging tough and when momentum swings the other way that we need to get on the back of it and, and ride that wave as hard as we can. So, um, you know, very proud of the team. You know, we, we, uh, we all bought into that and got the result we wanted. Before we talk about the momentum swing, did you see the swing that got you? Or? No. No, I didn't, mate. No, I I haven't seen it. Or 
I can't comment on that, mate. That's part. Of, sometimes it happens in in in, in uh, rugby, I guess, mate. You, you cop some hits and that sort of stuff happens. I guess it's a physical game, isn't it? So. Well, actually, I don't want to go down the controversial line sort of thing. I mean, rugby's about playing it hard and you played it hard. But in that second half, I mean, what a fantastic comeback. I mean, that try before half-time gave you perhaps the momentum you needed to take it to that next level. Yeah, it's, it certainly did, mate. You know, uh, we were down there and we had probably about two or three opportunities that we came very close and um, to score just before half-time, you know, gave us a little bit of confidence heading into the second half. And, and we were pretty chilled out. We spoke about it at half-time, a couple of areas that we needed to improve. And Wayne was really relaxed and, um, you know, we put it put it into place in the second half. And your try, as it were, gave you that buffer before. Pat, uh, what a way to finish his career, a try and five from six. Yeah, mate, over the moon for him. You know, great guy, you know, beautiful family, so... For him to finish, you know, his career at, at the club and uh, like that, you know, I'm very happy, very happy for him. And then some of the so-called experts. I think when you came at the beginning of the season, and they said, "Well, yeah. Matty Smith and Blake Green won't work." And I remember speaking to you at that pre-season at Oral on a cold, dank day, and you were looking forward to it, and you were quite confident that you would prove them wrong. And you've done it. You, you, you've won. You've won the uh, your champions, and you've won the cup. The net head thought you could have done apart from finish leading. <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess I'd like to thank those uh, critics because they probably spurred me and Matty on a little bit this year. And, um, oh, what can you do? Everyone's got their own opinion, mate. You know, the, the most important thing for us was, was just to come to the club and, and not try and replace people. We just try and be our own people and, and bring our own style to the team. And um, you know, the main thing for us was doing, doing what was best for the team. If, if that fitted fitted the team the way we were playing, then, then that was the best thing. So, uh, yeah, very happy with uh, how we've gone this year, though. That's Blake Green chatting after Saturday's grand final. Instantly, Ben Westwood admitted punching was given a one-match ban, which means he'll miss England's friendly with Italy next week, but will be back available for the World Cup opener. Uh, obviously, we've just had Blake Green on, haven't we, Matty? I mean, this season, you know, you've uh, joined together sort of thing, and it's been a unbridled success so to speak what's it like playing with him as a halfback yeah it's great um, he's, he's a great player he's, he's a probably different player to me um, so we, we do complement each other pretty well um, he lets me organise and, and kick the ball and we're at things I'm good at and then you know he's more of a runner and um, so yeah we, we, we complement each other really well and we, we've had a we had a great pre-season um, you know worked really hard along with obviously Yestin Harris Paul Deacon um, two great halfback coaches Um so yeah, it's, it was fantastic, and and I think to have all the criticism we, we, we probably had, um, it, it just makes it worthwhile when when you start winning trophies and and you're playing well together. So um, I think I think the best is yet to come from me and Green. I think we're, we're getting better the more and more we play together. And from your own point of view, obviously when you signed for the signed for at Wigan Warriors, um, there was, actually there was some criticism. What why have Wigan bought Matty Smith now? From your point of view, obviously, you went at the right time, perhaps halfway through the season, because it's all about playbooks, isn't it? So you've got that Wigan playbook, Blake comes, and then you just yeah. integrate. And I think you've touched on it when you've got the likes of Yestin Harris and Paul Deacon. I remember watching them, and you always knew what Yestin Harris was going to do. You always knew what Paul Deacon was going to do, but you couldn't do it. So you've got your own, obviously, rugby league brain. When we put them together as well, it's it's an awesome foursome, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. They, like I said, they've helped us massively this year. Um you know we're a pretty structured side wigging so uh, once you you know once you get into that structure and you, and you understand the structure of the way we play it, it is pretty easy to play in um you know you play with some fantastic players as well but yeah i think i think it did help me coming a bit earlier you know coming in june last year uh, it got me a bit of an head start on on obviously this year and and then Blake's come in and fitted in really well and like i said we we do complement each other pretty pretty well and uh, it seems to be going good 
Well, turning to the other side now, it was heartbreak for the second year in a row for Warrington Wolves. Suffered two injuries themselves with Stefan Ratchford and Joel Monaghan, which had a big effect on their team. And it was Mike Cooper's last game for the Wolves too before he goes to Australia. And he says the defeat is devastating. I don't think the break does any good when Joel Monaghan got injured, unfortunately, and kind of slowed us down a little bit. And uh, uh, we know what happened second half, just uh, thinking control the ball well enough as we were in the first. And... Uh, Quality side like Wigan come back and Burnley's at the end. Yeah, we started pretty well. The first 20 minutes was pretty pretty even. It was completed really well first half, and we don't normally do that. So uh, coming into half time, we were really positive, and then uh, it's not good enough second half. 16-6 down at half time or up at half time. Was the mood still positive? Yeah, because we were, we were you know we were flying in that first half. We were really dominant. Um, I don't know, like a mental toughness. I think at the end, composure. I you know, should have learned from last year. It's, uh, it's the way it goes sometimes. How much of a body blow was it losing Joel and Stefan? You know, two big characters for us. Um, you know, another one of that, Benny Harrison. You can hardly walk in the changing rooms. You know, There's uh, a lot of players that are really busted there. and I think we were only down to one sub at the end or two subs maybe. and you know, we, were, we were tied in the middle. You know, it was, that, was a, that was a tough slow second half. So with that in mind, a terrific effort by the guys. Yeah, that's one thing we can never fault all the way through the season. You know, we um, always put 100% effort in training and in the game and, you know, let, let ourselves down today. But yourself personally in your farewell game, it's not a winner's ring? It's just devastating, you know, absolutely devastating. Everything was on the on the cards for, the, you know, victory in a, in, in a real... Looked like we were going to be comfortable with, you know, victory in the first half and it's going to take a long time to get over. That's Mike Cooper there. It's time for a quick break now on In Touch, but afterwards we'll be discussing all the controversy around this week's Super League EGM postponement with John Wilkin and finding out about Matty's past life as an Everton footballer. In Touch, City Talk's Rugby League Lowdown, City Talk 105.9. Welcome back to In Touch, City Talk's Rugby League show with me, Lauren Moss, Steve Manning, and tonight's Wigan's Matty Smith and League 13's Ernie Bemba joins us in the studio as well. Still to come tonight, we'll be chatting to Danny Tickle and finding out how he's settling into life at Witness and about Matty's past life as an Everton footballer, something he tells us very just loves talking about every time he speaks to any journalists. Uh, but first, though, let's uh, chat about this week's EGM. It was expected this week that changes to the structure of Super League will be getting the go-ahead on some level at least, the return of promotion relegation. 14 teams being whittled down to 12, three leagues of eight. But following a meeting... Organised by Wigan chairman Ian Lennigan, where members of the other clubs said they ultimately wanted more time to discuss the changes. The EGM didn't happen and no further progress will be made until after the World Cup. Now, this hold-up has been welcomed in some capacity uh, by Players Union League 13 uh, to make sure, really, that everyone is in agreement of the changes before they go ahead. And, and Ernie, you released a statement this week. What are your thoughts on the postponement? Uh, yes, we released a, a statement. I mean, it took us by surprise, really, because we were waiting for the meeting on Wednesday, um, which I think was essentially to uh, rubber stamp the executive arm of RFL's uh, preferred option, which was the split into two t- two tiers of 12 and then the three uh, leagues of eight after 23 fixtures. It, it took us somewhat by surprise. Um, we'd always opposed that preferred option um, the players themselves were in favour of some change in fact a change to a 12 team competition but not the uh, rather complex arrangement that had previously been rejected by Scottish Football Association and been tried and tested by the Swiss FA um, so we, we were opposed to that 
the statement has been misread slightly that we were backing Ian Lennigan's a sort of revolt. Um, what we were saying was the essential uh, problem within the game is the commercial side and the marketing side, which needs to be addressed. There are some Super League clubs who have, um, who have, where there is evidence of, of some uh, good delivery on the commercial side of things, uh, the Wiggins, the Warringtons, the Leeds of this world, and, and it is they, with their skills and expertise, who perhaps should get a grip of the commercial strategy and drive it forward. Um, but but we were always in favour of a 12-team a competition, but not the one that was the preferred option of the uh, RFL. That's pretty much what Saints' John Wilkin, also on the, the League 13 board, said to me earlier today. He said it doesn't matter how long it takes, though, for these decisions to be made, as long as the right ones are made. I think it's a, a good thing um, for a couple of reasons. One, if, if there's um, a considerable amount of doubt that, that from the clubs and the the owners and people who've invested you know, a lot of financial resource into the game about the restructuring, then I think it's only right that we, we take time to to understand that and understand why there's doubts. Um, I think that uh, really in this process, timescale is not an issue. Getting it right and ensuring that uh, the game is in a healthy position following a World Cup is, is the priority. And uh, I think everybody was a bit Shocked about the the nature of the timing of it, probably that the day before obviously it was cancelled. But if there's uh, maybe a, a little bit of lack of confidence in the new structural proposals, then um, I think it's only right that we delay that and, and take a, a longer look at it. Really, and I think that's what what's ultimately been the decision. And the key thing you said there is like making sure that you get it right. It doesn't matter how long it takes. If you make the wrong decision, then the consequences of that are going to be far more serious. I mean, what were some of the, the concerns from your perspective in League 13, more games that players would be playing if some of the, the structure changes were to go ahead? We were going to have these three leagues of eight. But what were your concerns? Well, my concerns are right. What you just mentioned, one of them is, is the fact that you know, one of the elements to draw in more revenue was more games on the players. Now, we've not actually, as a game, conducted research really into the impact of the games and 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 then really the, the frequency of those games and, and what toll that's taking on the modern player's body. Now, I know there'll be a lot of people who say, well, we never had that in the past, but, you know, we have the capacity to do that in the modern world. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's something that we need to do. I think that's a concern. Um, another concern, then is that maybe potentially the structural change is not going to solve the underlying uh, commercial uh, underperformance that the game has seen. And uh, I think when we balloted the players initially, that they, they were in favour of as minimal change as possible. You know, having consulted with the RFL a number of months about this, to be fair, actually, I think we, we, we began to understand the reasons behind the structural change. But ultimately, if there's a proportion of the, the game's clubs that are having doubts about it um, like we said I think just have a look at the position understand why those doubts exist and, and and move from there I think one point we can agree with is the game's commercially underperforming um, and there's, there's a whole number of reasons why but um, you know we're certainly not looking as an association to take sides on this I think it's been reported that we've you know we're taking sides as such we're not we're just uh, saying that uh, the players weren't in favour of change. You know, the, the few of the clubs have, have started to question it. Um, we 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 just want the right decision now. Whatever that is for the game to go forward is the best decision for us. But 
you know, we certainly uh, will support the RFL and the clubs on 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 you know what what's the right right thing for the game and, and ultimately what's right for the game will be right for the players in the long term. That Saints is John Wilkin there. So Matty, as a as a player playing now, like John as well, what what were your views on it all? Uh, yeah, for me, I I, I obviously prefer, I, I preferred the the twelve teams, the few teams, and um, you know I, I think the game's pretty simple and and we need to keep it simple and um, you know I didn't quite understand the the other structure that the three teams of eight. So um, yeah, I preferred that and and I think I think the playoff system needs to look at be looked at as well and um, you know may, maybe it's, you know five five teams in, in that or six and. Um, yeah, for, for me, I, I tune and just see promotion relegation, twelve teams, and you know, it, I think as you know, as the season goes on, you know, you come to you come to a point in the season where you you know that you're not going to gain the top eight, them lower sides. Um, so they need to play for summit as well, and, and if that's to not get relegated, I think that makes it the league exciting as well as as much as it does for you know the the team that you know in, in the in the championship, you know, you get promoted to the Super League. So um, yeah, I think promotion relegation more exciting. And we were talking uh, off air before as well about how what, what this will mean if the changes were to go ahead, if this hadn't happened this week, that you'll get some Super League clubs dropping down into championship, championship sides that play part-time at the minute going up to Super League and the impact that's going to have on a, on a personal level for the players involved, Any? Yeah, I mean, the proposal was that in 2015, um, with a reduction of the Super League to, to 12 teams, clearly the clubs finishing 13th and 14th next year get relegated. The proposal also, in terms of um, the financial split of resource, meant that some of the, not all of them, um, would get an increase in, uh, this is the championship clubs, would get an increase in their salary cap payments and so on. So as to reduce the gap and open up the possibility that um, the championships clubs would get a more favourable chance at being promoted to Super League. Now, uh, it was also on the premise that it might encourage some of the championship clubs to become full-time. Uh, we'd made a particular point about uh, that's fine and dandy, but if you have, at the minute, players who will be in employment outside of the game but playing and being paid for playing the game as well, would they take the leap of faith and move from having a job and playing to becoming a full-time professional. Knowing that in the next season that could change again. That's right. Um, and, and, and therefore that's a difficulty because we've got no evidence of that and granted it's not been tested out, but there are some particular problems. Uh, and I believe from what uh, Ian Lennigan said, that's some of the issue and that's the split of, um, of the resource. We've always said all along we're opposed to the um, preferred option, but not to the reduction in the number of games. It wasn't long ago that... There was a mantra coming out from the RFL and others that the players needed to play fewer games if we're to challenge the Australians. And then we were moving to a situation under the preferred option where the players were going to have to play some more games. Well, there's a little bit of a difference there that I, we, we, we couldn't understand. What's your view on that, Matty, the amount of games that are played at the minute? Uh, personally, uh, you know, as a player, you know, you, you, you love playing, but, I mean, it, it does take its toll. I mean, after... after a, um, you know, a full season if you, if you don't get injured and all that, and you're playing all the games. You know, and we we have done this year. We have played all the Challenge Cup games. We, we won it, and you know, to play 27 rounds Super League and then go into the playoffs, it does take a lot out of you. Um, and I feel sorry for the boys that have done that and are going into a World Cup now. Um, yeah, they're already in South Africa now, aren't they? And they're the in South camp, Africa, yeah. yeah. So you know, they won't get much time off as well. So it does take a lot out of the body. I mean, I'm only 
I'm only pretty, still pretty young, but I can imagine them older boys that, you know, that the, they're struggling a little bit. But yeah, um, I think, you know, putting the teams down, um, you know, there'll be more players then as well around. It'll make the competition a little bit better. And, and yeah, I, I honestly think they need to cut the teams. But, you know, me personally, I, I love playing the game. So, um, you know, it, it, it's gone all right for me this year and I've not had many injuries. So, yeah. And I suppose it's all about the recovery as well, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it, it's it, you know it's all about duty of care to the players as such, isn't it? And things like that. And like I said, increasing it. I mean, one minute they want this, and one minute they want that. And if the idea is that we're going to win a World Cup, we're going to win an Ashes if we have another series or whatever, you know, the less players and more preparation for them is what it's all about, isn't it? I mean, the the, the Australian model is a lot better. I do get, I, I can't work out that at times because obviously I don't think they all play home and away. But that model is the way, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yes. Uh, for, for, from our point of view, what we can't understand in this country, it, the norm is a league structure where there is promotion and relegation. I think that's why we've gone back, basically, because there was this um, growing desire to return to that. Uh, on a on a personal level, I don't think we gave licensing a decent chance, to be quite honest, because throughout um, throughout the world, licensing is 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 tried and tested in America, in, in Australia, and it works there. I don't think we were stringent enough in terms of overseeing the type of people who are running the clubs because at the end of the day, the money goes down to the clubs and it's how they manage it. So the clubs have their own difficulties and they have their own part to play in the situation that we find ourselves in, not just the governing body. But there has to be a different way. There has to be a better way than the preferred option that the RFL are putting forward. And that's what we were trying to say in the statement. Gives more time for reflection and debate. You can have your say about this as well on Twitter tonight. You can get in touch with us at CityTalk1059 or you use the hashtag InTouchTalk. I think it's really important as well that we don't let this overshadow what is coming up at the end of this month and, and for November as well. We really don't want negative headlines and you, you've got it covered on telly that's being broadcast across Australia and so on they can't get their own house in order and they're staging this World Cup that's really negative press we don't we don't want that ultimately do we, we just want time to decide what is going to happen no and I think I think it's 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 right that okay let's let's not have the debate now let's leave it till after the World Cup let the players of, of England and the rest of the countries come together have a decent competition and let's hope it's uh, you know rip-roaring success so, Matty, let's talk a little bit about you now. Um, it's the first time you've been on In Touch, and I think it is quite widely known that uh, before your uh, career into rugby league, you were a footballer with Everton. So tell us just a little bit about that. You you were at the Everton Academy so you were yeah. 15. Yeah, I played football all, all my childhood, really. I only started playing rugby at 16, and uh, I got picked up for, for Everton when, yeah, I was about 12, and I was there for two or three years. And, um, yeah, it was fantastic, yeah. Um, you know, to to play for the the team that you supported as a kid um, was great, and you know I, I was around the time where you know Wayne Rooney was there and, and James Vaughan and Victor Amachibi and and players like that who, who've gone on and done fantastically well. So um, yeah, it was a great couple of years, and um, you know I think that's helped in my rugby career now. Being in that professional environment um, has helped me, you know, now in, in rugby league. And Rooney was uh, the year above you, right? He's he was a year, yeah, he's he's a year, a, older, he was a year than older than me. Yeah, I got to um, I got to train against Wayne every we at my age um, played his age every Saturday morning. Um, yeah, and he used to score he used to score about five goals every, <laughs> every Saturday morning against our age. So uh, he was a fantastic player then, and and he's gone on to obviously do do unbelievable things now. And um, yeah, he was always going to make it. He was one of them kids, just just a freak.
Where did you play? What was your position? Uh, I played everywhere. I played it, you know, wherever they play me. To be to be fair, um, I think the only position I didn't play was centre back and 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 in the goal. So um, I played a bit of everywhere for, for Everton. But like I say, it was a great two years. I really enjoyed it. It must have been tough though. I mean, you're you're 15, and you know, you find out that you, you aren't going to be staying there. Yeah. And I should imagine when you're a teenager, anyway, you feel that the world is is always ending at 15. So yeah. then, what happened when you find out that Everton wasn't going to happen? How did you end up three years later to making your debut at Saints? Yeah, it was uh, 16s they let me go. Um, I think at that age we, we had about 25 in the squad and they only kept five players on, so 20 got released. And um, You know, I had opportunities to go elsewhere, but I, I went back down my amateur club and, and played football. And, and, and I played rugby the same day. I played football in the morning and then I went off to play rugby in the afternoon. Uh, and I was just enjoying rugby more at, at the time. You know, my dad... Obviously, said you're doing too much. Yeah, you need you need to pick one, and and I was enjoying rugby more, and and that's when I decided to go down Black Rock uh, the year after, um, where I played there at 16s, and and that's where I got picked up for for Saints. Wow, brilliant. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, yourself at Wigan as well after the break, and we'll also uh, catch up with uh, Witnesses' new signing, Danny Tickle, as well. That's all to come on In Touch. In Touch. In Touch. On City Talk 105.9. Welcome back to In Touch on City Talk 105.9. I'm Lauren Moss, Steve Manning, League 13's Ernie Benbow and Wigan's Matty Smith join me in the studio tonight as well. We've already picked apart the hold-up for this week's EGM on the, the Super League changes and chatted about the grand final too. And now our next guest is waiting on the line. He's made over 100 appearances for Wigan Warriors before moving to Humberside, playing for Hull for five years and is now back over our side of the M62 again, signing for Witness Vikings for the 2014 season. Danny Tickle joins us now. Evening, Danny. How's it going? Yeah, good evening. I'm great, thank you. So uh, how, how are you settling in over, over at Witness Vikings? I believe some of you have kind of started training, but full-on pre-season training doesn't start for a few more weeks yet. Yeah, I think there's a, most of the guys are back on the 21st of this month. And um, there's obviously uh, guys who's, who's gone back home to Australia who will be, be joining later on in the in the, in the season over Christmas time, but yeah, it's been um, it's been good. I've been I've been I've been in, into the club, having the medical and um, meeting uh, some some new faces, uh, meeting Dennis, the coach, and a few other familiar faces down at the club. So yeah, it's, I've settled in pretty well. And you've got your uh, teammate John in you as well from All FC, so it's uh, again it'll be good really because obviously he'll know how you play and you know how he plays, integrated it into this Viking setup for next year. Yeah, he's a, he's a local lad. He's from the St. Helens area, and um, you know it was bad news to, for him to uh, at the end of the season to, to find out that uh, that he wasn't wanted at Hull. So um, you know, I think he's he's quite happy uh, with Witness coming in and and getting joining us on board, and uh, he knows a few people, uh, a few family faces similar to myself as well. So it's it's nice to have him on board with us. Did you have any say in that with uh, with uh, Paul Johnson coming over, Danny? Um. You any involvement at all? Did you have a chat to, to Dennis or James Rule about it at all? I suppose, yeah, I think I think I heard that they was interested, and um, obviously my manager's the same um, with with, with Jono as well. Um, but it was right at the end of the season when he came and talked and spoken to me, and um, he, he did mention that um, it, it could be possibly coming to witness and asking um, a few questions, really, of what it's like. And obviously, me speaking to knowing a few other guys there, you know, it's it's. Um, it's looking pretty good. So, what have some of your first impressions been there so far? Yeah, I suppose moving to a new club. Um, when I left Wigan, I thought I found it quite difficult to settle in with it being 
moving a long distance. But um, yeah, there's a few, like I said, there's familiar faces there. Uh, meeting Dennis uh, down at the club, who coached me at Wigan, and Mick Cassidy's there. I've not Mick, Mick's not been around at the moment, but obviously Kevin Brown, I played alongside at Wigan, and um, you know there's a, there's other faces there that um, that I've played with and uh, I've known over the years. So that's it's always it's always feels a bit more welcome knowing that you you move into a team where people know know where you are. And we've already seen Witness making huge strides from their first season back in Super League to, to this season as well. I mean, what do you see as some of the anchi- uh, achievable ambitions uh, for the year coming up? Yeah, I, thought, I, I think they've had, they had a good uh, finish to the end of the season. Um, you know, they, they, they've come up with some great performances at, at home and um, they struggled away from home, so that's something that they'll be looking to, to fix next year. But yeah, they've got um, you know, there's some, some real talented young 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 kids there. Um, and they'll definitely improve over the years. And uh, you know, I'm not saying we're going to go, we're going to go out and you know be challenging for that. You know, to to lift your office and stuff. Is I think that that'll be a case of time and, and and a building process. And I'm just I'm quite um, I'm quite lucky to be part of that. Obviously, uh, you played for Wigan. You coach, you played on Wigan. We've got Matty Smith here. Um, were you cheering the boys on on uh, Saturday? Yeah, I, I got to the game. And obviously, it was disappointing when we played Wigan in in the cup final. Um, and obviously, Matty coming up with uh, with a lamp started putting a great performance against us, and um, what an exceptional player he is. And you know, I think uh, a lot of uh, hearing of the culture of Wigan at the club there and the way that they train and everything, um, you know, it's something that um, people are striving to to be, and it just shows to to do the double. Um, it's quite it's quite hard, and you know, real. Obviously, playing alongside um, a few players who were at the club with Patty Richards and Sean Lachlan and everybody else, I was cheering them on, and um, it was a great, it was a great, we've had a great season. Are you looking forward to locking arms with him uh, next season? Sorry, say that Sorry? again, Steve. Sorry, are you looking forward to locking arms with him uh, next season, Matty? <laughs> yeah, obviously, uh, it's always nice to play against you. He's sitting here chuckling. <laughs> <laughs> it's always nice to play against your former clubs, and um, you know, I, I, I got to I got to um, to watch when Wigan played against Widnes that, uh, at home, and you know they put on a good put in a good performance. Um, like I said, um, you know they at home, and they just need to find that uh, that bit bit more consistency with their away form. Um, so yeah, I, I still follow follow Wigan, but um, with, with me being at Widnes next year, it was some, it'll be a game that I'm looking forward to. And what are some of the arrangements that you know they're going to be happening for pre-season? We hear about some sides possibly going abroad and that sort of thing. What's the, what's going to be a pre-season camp with Witness Vikings going to be like? Yeah, obviously, obviously I spoke about the lads are back in on the 21st and other lads will be joining over the Christmas period. Um, they're going out to Tenerife. I've been uh, with Hull FC um, for the last two seasons and, and it's a great facility and set up for everything that you need. And um, I'm hearing that uh, there, might, there might be a friendly... Uh, being played at Catalan, so that'll be another trip. Um, obviously, then then type of it's good for um, to get all the lads together away and um, you know focus on on the coming season. And finally, Danny Witness were big on uh, Movember last year, raising money for charity. And John Clark and Reese Hanbury have been the poster boys for it already. Are you going to be getting involved, growing a big long mustache? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can grow a beard. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it's it's great. It's great to see um, you know different different things. Uh, Raising money for charities, and um, you know, if I got if I got roped into it um, along along the lines in the season, then um, it, it's something that you can't you can't refuse. Really, you've got to you've got to do it. It was asked for our charity, so it's a great cause. Well, best of luck with settling in at Witness and everything, and we'll catch up with you very soon on In Touch. Hopefully, okay, brilliant. Thanks Thank for speaking for to us. Bye. No problem. Bye. 
That's Witness Vikings' Danny Tickle there. Um, Ernie, just uh, chatting to you for a second about League 13. We saw a successful state of mind uh, this season just gone. Do you have anything planned for the World Cup coming up to be raising awareness about what could be done in the sport? Um, well, we've, we had the... I mean, we have a partnership with State of Mind and, of course, as as, as I was the co-founder of State of Mind, that's... Uh, there's, there's always been a, a close close relationship between the two organisations um, that was formalised recently in a formal partnership arrangement. We did have the themed round at round 25. Um, and there's a colleague of mine, Phil Cooper, who works for the Five Boroughs Partnership, who does lots of work in terms of um, feeding the message through to not just the professional game, but the amateur game. Um, he was down recently with the armed forces, so there's a lot of good work continues with State of Mind. Um, we jointly did some work um, at Saints for the latter six months of the season in helping the club out on some of the uh, welfare issues and we believe that was um, uh, fairly well received and, and, and had some benefits for the club, for the players and f- for us as well. Um, so, yes, we are continuing with the messages and improving the, the awareness around the mental health side of things. All right, well, we're coming up to 7 o'clock now. It's City Talk 105.9. And our final guest in the studio this evening, she sat very quietly for the last uh, 52 minutes. So you almost think she wasn't here, but Matty Smith's missus is in the studio. Jen, do you want to come over to a microphone? got a few questions for you. Do you want to swap places with Ernie for just a second? Um just while she takes uh, her seat there, we're going to find out what really goes on uh, while Matty's getting ready for uh, for a game and afterwards and stuff. But just uh, we touched before about how there are some big names leaving Wigan this this season. We've got Sam going and Pat Richards and, and Lee Mossop and stuff. Do you think Wigan have it, the, the depth and everything going forward for next season? You've already got some you know younger players showing their worth this year and the new signings coming in. Yeah, hundred um, percent. You know, we, there was a lot of great players that left last year, and and you know the young lads have come in and done and done a fantastic job. And and them young lads are also you know another year on now and another year experienced. And and like you said, we, we've got you know. Really, really good players leaving us with Sam and Paddy, and you know, tough to replace. But you know, we've got we've got someone in, in in Matt Bowen that's played you know twelve years at the top in the NRL, coming over and and playing as our fullback. So you know, we 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 can buy great players as well, you know, and and they've got great young lads coming through. So I'm sure we'll be all right. So finally, Jen, come on, dish the dirt, get close to the microphone there. This last week, you had the grand final. You've had the hangover after the grand final. What's it been like living with this one? It's not too bad, really. Oh, come on, give oh, us more than that. Oh, it's come actually, on. It's not too bad. <laughs> I've kind of learnt now after so long. How long have you both been together? Um, nearly seven years. Okay, so you've sort of been through it with the, the Salford, Widnes and yeah. St Helens, Wigan. Crusaders, all the way down to Wales. A bit long trips on, mm. on the road and the trains and so on. So, hang on, does he have any rituals coming up before a game and what's it like it's afterwards, win or lose? Come on. <laughs> Well, game day, you just tend to not get involved with his routine. You, you kind of know your place. What's his routine? So, you know, he gets up in the morning, he has breakfast, <laughs> and then we have to go for dinner to the same yeah. coffee shop yeah. before week, Before the game? Before the game. Okay. So you kind of know, your day's kind of planned out for you, and you come home, he has his nap, Gets up, gets ready, and he's gone. Do you have to eat anything specific at this, at this dinner, Matty? Um, not so much in the day. I always have four hours before a game. We always have beans on toast. That's me, me pretty much meal. So um, yeah, I'd always have that. But yeah, I, I tend to to annoy you on game day a little bit with the same things I do. But um, 
yeah, she she knows that she knows to stay away from me. Well, yeah, so yeah. needless um, to say, very proud, especially over the last few months and everything with the Challenge Cup trophy, grand final trophy, man of the match, obviously at Wembley as well at the end of August. But um, what's it been like the last couple of days? And you also had the awards on Sunday as well. Last couple of days have been quite quiet because he's just been stuck in the bed. <laughs> but you got an award at the the player of the the, the um, Wigan Club yeah. Awards. You got the community award, didn't did, you? Yeah, and I, I believe you had to go on stage and were missing an item of clothing. I was. Uh, Jen forgot my shoes. She bought everything else apart of my shoes. So I was. Um, yeah, I went up there with, without any shoes on, which got a few laughs. Um, but I, yeah, I was. We was a bit drunk as well. You know, it was the first awards of the night, and I was kind of shocked by it to, to get the award. Um, and someone said I said community uh, 12 times in one sentence. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was, a bit, I was a bit too drunk. <laughs> Did you have white socks on? Uh, I had grey socks on with a black suit. Which half blended that, in then. Yeah, yeah grey and blue. Yeah. Not the best oh, combination, not too, but not that's your fault. But was it dark Was it dark grey? Was it dark grey? <laughs> no. Uh, well, yeah, they were full of beer, if I'm honest with you, <laughs> from the end of it, wasn't it? To be honest, I don't think many of them noticed. No, probably not. No. Well, thanks very much for all of you joining us in the studio tonight. Thanks to Steve, as always, Matty, to Jen and to Ernie as well. The In Touch podcast will be available to listen to again from tomorrow if you missed any of tonight's show. And join us again next week as we edge ever closer to the Rugby League World Cup. This is In Touch. City Talks Rugby League Lowdown with Lauren Moss and Steve Manning. City Talk 105.9.